The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is David Bond. I am your host tonight, and uh, I have with me Reverend Michael Newman, the president of the Texas District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. God bless you. Welcome. It's good to see you. Good to visit with you tonight. David Bond, what a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, and actually, we're recording this not in the evening, so I'm looking at the uh, beautiful sunshine outside your window, and that's a that's a good thing as we think about the resurrection and Easter and all the blessings that come to us uh, from them. I, w- I want to start out by uh, sharing a, a true story with you. Um, I was in a uh, a conversation with one of, one of my sons several years ago, uh, and he had been influenced pretty significantly by one of his teachers in high school uh, and was really having some deep questions about the Christian faith. And he said to me as we were talking, and he was kind of bringing these things up, and I was trying to give an answer to him, he said something to the effect of, uh, well, Dad, how, how do you know that some boy in India isn't having this exact same conversation with his dad uh, down a different path? And, you know, right at the moment, that kind of stunned me. Since then, I've had the chance to think about that. And when we talk about Easter, that really begins to set apart the Christian faith. He wouldn't be having this conversation with his son uh, about Buddha, uh, uh, you know, of the other Eastern religions. Those kinds of issues are not there. Um, And the exclusive uh, message of Christianity that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, that he died for the sins of the world, that he rose from the dead, is unlike any other. And so we're we're going to talk about that tonight and uh, really just kind of lean into what it really means to think about and rejoice in the, the blessings of the resurrection. Yeah, you know, you forgot one thing, David. We got to say Christ is risen. Yeah, he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. 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 Let's make sure we get that in on Amen. Easter Sunday. Amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. That's a great message for us to hold in front of our listeners and uh, and really for us as well to keep that in mind. I had a friend who used to always say, you know, when, when you're in uh, difficult situations, just remember the tomb is empty. And uh, that really changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah. That's right. That's so th- right. And you know, you reminded me of Acts chapter 4, verse 12, when Peter declares, there is no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. He's letting us know that this Christian faith, this, uh, this trust in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not one religion among many, competing somehow for ideological uh, stance. You know, this. there is only one name given under heaven by which we are saved. And we would never invent that kind of thinking. You know, That's right. Think, how, well, how can we do it ourselves? Yeah. So God brought us something very original. So that is sometimes a sticking point for people, right? I mean, they just kind of think about, gosh, how can you say that? You know, whatever. And a couple of things come to my mind in that regard. One is that You know, uh, Jesus, when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed fervently, sweat 
dropping from his forehead like, like drops of blood. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And I'm thinking about how if there was another way, then either God is a, a cruel, cruel, horrible uh, ogre um, and uh, a, a, a terrible uh, person to cause such pain to his own son, or, um, or this is just all a big myth and uh, neither is true. That's right. You know, human history has shown that we've generally all diagnosed the problem. We all know that we can't do this on our own, that there are problems in this chaotic, broken world. We call it a world that's broken by sin. But, you know, from early civilizations where sacrificing humans or throwing someone into a volcano to appease the gods or trying to figure out a system to reach perfect peace, everyone has diagnosed the problem. But the unfortunate thing or the sticking point is that as human beings, our go-to is saying, well, how can we solve the problem? Where instead, God reached in, he came down, he sent his son, he said, you don't need to save yourself. It's, you know, if we were if we were drowning in the sea, uh, all the other ide ideologies and religions of the world would say, hey, you know, swim harder or think good thoughts or, you know, figure it out yourself. Where God the Father is the only one who said, I'm coming in after you. Right. And Jesus jumped in, pulled us out. He died in the process. He saved us. That whole thing of being saved, salvation is so unique and so beautiful. Yeah. And then to show that that's actually true, to show that God was totally pleased with what Jesus did. He raised him from the dead. He is uh, our Savior who lives and reigns. And what a, what a joy that is to be able to proclaim. So over the years of your ministry, uh, have you had any particular Easter joys or uh, kind of experiences that have just been a highlight for you? Or is it, is it like just every year we celebrate Easter and it's, it's just a blessing? Well, uh, Easter is a wonderful blessing. In fact, I love it because, of course, I served for decades in parish ministry and celebrated many, many Easter's with God's people and folks who came just on Easter. You know, right. what a great time to reach out and right. share the message. So I think what stands out most in my mind is just this wonderful opportunity where the world does pause a little bit and where the people of God have an opportunity to invite others who don't know Jesus to experience this joy and this celebration. And at the churches I served, you know, my daughter's, my my, my younger daughter says Easter's her favorite mm -hmm. day of the whole mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And some of it just comes from that great spirit of celebration. But we'd have a group of men who made the best Easter breakfast in the world. We would have musicians using their gifts, uh, vocalists. We had uh, just a buzz of activity in our church celebrations and people inviting others. So the ripple effects of the truth of Jesus' resurrection just spilled over into all kinds of joy. And that really, you know, this, this whole blessing of a dead man, a man who was put to death, Jesus, rising from death. Now, that is absolutely unparalleled in the history of the world. Amen. And the fact that he rose up from death for our sake so that we can walk in the newness of life, and they imparts those gifts through baptism. This is just radical, 
And it's historical. It's historical proof and demonstration of the true God with us. So that blows me away. Yeah, it's not just a philosophy. It's not just a way to think. It is something that really happened that did actually change change everything. So, you know, that really, I think, is important for us during these anxious times, too, uh, isn't it? It's just that we have so many things that people are worried about. We've got the war going on. We've got issues that are still remaining with the pandemic, and and we have internal conflict in our country and all kinds of things, worries in, in, in our families. Um, I just saw an article today about the concern over the rise in crime uh, in the United States during these last few years. Um, boy, how, you know, how does this message of the resurrection help us in facing those kinds of issues? Well, I want to turn it back around and get your viewpoint, too, because if this world is looking for hope in the middle of deep anxiety coming through COVID, and there is a lingering emptiness, and with Ukraine and all these things happening, nothing is new under the sun. I mean, this is what we face, right, in our broken world. but. If we're looking for hope, if we're looking for the peace that the world can't give, we find it in this eternal gift Jesus gives and gives us the certainty of through his resurrection from the dead. What better truth, what better message can you proclaim to right. someone to say, guess what? Even if you die, you're going to win. Even death cannot stop this hope. So, and that spills over then into our daily lives where, you know, Jesus Christ, who is alive, promised to be with us always and give us his good gifts and his means of grace. And I mean, this is really the antidote to a hopeless and broken world. I'd, I'd like to ask you, you, you've been in the parish for many, many years, just recently retired. I'll put it in air quotes because you're still actively a gospel man doing great work with people. But how have you seen the message of the resurrection make a difference in the lives of frantic and anxiety-filled people? Well, I think that sometimes uh, it just is needed. Uh, people just need the reminder. Uh, as I said, one of my friends used to say, the tomb is empty. And he would remind us of that uh, occasionally. He, he was uh, on staff for uh, for years at uh, St. John. And he would say, the tomb is empty. And it would just kind of help us to put things in perspective, not necessarily in the area of anxiety, but sometimes in the area of busyness and just stress and so forth. Uh, but also just to continue to proclaim this. And I think part of that too is um, the reality that this message is so dramatic. It's so absolutely unique. Uh, beyond anything we had uh, could ever imagine, beyond anything we've experienced, to think about how people can really perhaps have doubts about that. And to just to, to encourage them, you're not the first to doubt this. That's okay. God's got you. you. You can know that he's got you. He is risen and that he has you well in hand. And uh, recently, and I think I mentioned this to you, I've really kind of latched a hold of uh, in Matthew 28, when Jesus meets the disciples on the mountain before his ascension. And uh, it says there that in Matthew 28 that he met them there and the disciples worshipped him, but some doubted. And there's a verse that's not in the Bible. Uh, the verse that is not in the Bible and is not what Jesus said is, Jesus said to those who doubt, sorry, you're out of here. You have no place in my kingdom. He didn't say that. He said, in fact, he, he, he really dealt with the doubt. 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I've got this. Now go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and then promised, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So that when you have doubts, that's okay. Just join with the apostles. I mean, it, they'd been with Jesus, they'd seen him teach, they'd seen him do miracles, they had experienced him alive, you know, risen from the dead. So that, to me, is where we go back and say, you know, uh, doubts, they're not good, they, they can be very disconcerting, uh, but Jesus has you, and he has all authority, and, and he's, he has won the victory. So that's where I go with that. It's great. You're right, because the resurrection suddenly gives us purpose that really lasts. Yes. Jesus says there's a reason for you being in the swirl of all this chaos and difficulty, and it is to walk in his footsteps as he leads us and promises us the great gift of life. You're so right. You know, And really, this, this historical okay. resurrection of Jesus, and we see in 1 Corinthians 15 how he appeared you know, to all these people, 500 at one right. time, many who are still alive when the Apostle Paul wrote that. The, the, the historical fact of Jesus' resurrection is an answer to the doubts that do come up. We say, wait a minute, we're not just grasping an ideology or pipe dream or some teacher's feelings. We are rallying around the historical fact of Jesus Christ, Word made flesh, who dwelt among us, who gave his life for our sins, and who was really physically, bodily, raised up from the dead and who now gives us the great hope and gift of life in him. The other thing, you know, so that's kind of a, a side of where we can defend the faith, right? Mm -hmm. Apologetics, kind of, hey, this is, this is history, historical fact, it's documented. There's another side of it, too, where we see who God is. Uh, frequently, we look at the world when it's falling apart, and we say, what kind of God could do this? Why do innocent children suffer? Why is there hunger and illness and disease and tragedy? Uh, so much nonsense, terrible things going on. What God shows us is that while we may construct a God who just kind of removes all adversity, God reveals himself as someone who jumps into the adversity with us, someone who carries the pain and burden and brings us through with the purpose that you articulated so well. So we get a fresh a fresh view of who God really is, and really a, the God who meets deeper needs than we care to admit sometimes. It's the theology of the cross, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here is God suffering with us and carrying us through. Yeah, I just came across the phrase again, um, deistic, therapeutic, uh, deism or what, what is it um therapeutic deism yeah. or something like that but yeah. the whole idea that you know basically the christian faith is just something that makes you feel good wow this 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 message takes it to a whole different plane and i like what you said too when you said this gives us a purpose which may help people in dealing with the anxiety that they're feeling because what happens there in those anxious moments is we tend to turn in on ourselves. We tend to think about how am I going to deal with this? What's going to happen to me? How, how am I going to be able to, to make it through this day or deal with whatever is going on? And this says, okay, 
God's got you and you have a purpose. And it's not just you. It's really, it's really the others. And I'm thinking about that passage in Corinthians where it says he died that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again for them. And that's a, that's a great message, a great reminder. Do you deal with do you yeah do you deal with that uh, you know because you interface with a lot of pastors uh, do you do you deal with pastors who sometimes have that anxious and and worried um, reality and stress that they're facing and dealing with and is that is that something you encounter often are our <clears throat> or uh, are our pastors uh, really uh, pretty solid and and well grounded and and hopeful. So when I served in the parish, you know, members would say, oh, pastor, you don't have problems like I have, do you? Your, your life is just perfect. Right. So, yeah, I think I think it goes without saying that, that every church worker, because one, they're human being. Yeah. Sinners, they experience the fall, fallenness of life and creation. And over and above that, they're walking with people going through the deepest valleys of life. It's very easy to lose heart. It's very easy mm-hmm. to see all the bad news all the time. And, and bad news can tend to dominate our spirits. And so when you're in a caring type of ministry or profession, you can get uh, really anxious and very, very sad. And uh, I think statistics are showing recently, too, with COVID, that they say up near 40% of clergy have thought about or want to resign. They want to leave. This can be a very trying type of endeavor being in ministry. And so it's so important that we are rooted in God's life-giving word, that his living word dwells in us richly, that we are receiving the good news of Christ's resurrection regularly, that we understand that we don't minister by our might or power, but by the spirit of God, that the living Christ sent, and that he never leaves us, he doesn't forsake us, and that we're not the one trying to generate hope from ourselves. We're sharing the hope that's given to us. So yeah, trying times. And I would encourage every listener, if, if some of our listeners are in ministry, to uh, not just proclaim the resurrection, but to receive that great gift. I love it Amen. in Romans 6, you know, when we're baptized into Christ's death, we're also raised with him so that we may walk in the newness of life. I mean, there's a transforming impact of this resurrection and living in our baptism. So we need to be refreshed by it. And, you know, we're reminded of that at every funeral. Uh, You know, those who are baptized into Christ have clothed themselves with Christ. And just as he was buried through baptism, we have been buried with him and then raised, as you just just so beautifully uh, quoted and reminded us, Uh, which is just... You know, just a good reminder, too, because there are people who these days are having to deal with the loss of loved ones and uh, that whole sadness and grief that is very real and very appropriate at the death of a loved one. But we are not without hope. And uh, that hope is found in Jesus, in his death and his resurrection, his love, his promises to us. Um, You have had the opportunity also to write several books and uh, talking about various issues, one of them being grief. Uh, and I'm sure that, you know, in that, uh, uh, in that process of studying and, and, and working and, and preparing those, that there are some things that have been meaningful to you. Is there anything that stands out to you personally about the resurrection, uh, about, you know, this Christian faith that, that just keeps you going? Um, obviously, you may have already said it, but is there something from your own heart that keeps you going? 
Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, one book I wrote is, is called Hope When Your Heart Breaks. Uh, I wrote a couple little getting through grief books as well just recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, the verse that really stands out to me is from Psalm 34, 18, when it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isn't it great to know that in our brokenheartedness, in the depths of challenge and loss, that we have our Savior, the one who saves us and cares about us and who's close to us. So that's so important. You know, you've gone through grief. I've gone through grief. We've all had losses, and there are difficult seasons of life. I think we may start sometimes to believe the narrative of the world around us, that everything is bad news, divided, hopeless, difficult, um, arguments, separation, all the things that you hear and read and see and experience. And, And the news and the media is really great at highlighting all that. But God gives us a different narrative. It's a gospel narrative. And that's one thing I would encourage our listeners to Get, get a healthy diet of the gospel narrative. There's a great Psalm, Psalm 84, that talks about, it, verse 7 says, uh, when it talks about people whose strength is in God, right, in the risen Christ, it says, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. It's referring to that new life, that resurrection life. Mm-hmm. But I love that, from strength to strength. We don't go from loss to loss, from weakness to weakness, from anxiety to anxiety. Because of Jesus Christ, because of God's grace, because of the new life he gives us and the eternal hope, we actually go from strength to strength. We say, yeah, I see everything falling apart and the world at war, but guess what? You know, God said that would happen. But Jesus has risen from the dead, and I see his blessing in my life. I see how I can depend on him. I see how he's a refuge and strength in times of trouble. He hears my prayers. I see how his love not only fills my heart, but also blesses others as I share it with others, as you talked about in the Great Commission. And at the, a couple of verses before that, in verse 5, it talks about people who are on this pilgrimage, and as they go through this valley, that they, they make it a place of springs. And I think for our listeners, on this Easter Sunday, it's so important for them to know that their mission in life, God sends them not to blend in with the loss and chaos and grumbling of the world, but to be this light of Christ and make bring that living water, make the valley a place of springs, of God's life. Go from strength to strength, and wherever you are, lift that place up by the gospel presence, the gospel word, and the gospel influence you have for a world that will not get it anywhere else because there's no other name under heaven, right? Given right. to men. Yeah. So we're the ones who bear the gift that no one else can give. And it's so important that we bring that. You know, and that passage begins at verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And so you've got that clear message that it's not our own strength that we're relying on, is it? It's uh, it's it's his strength. You know, we have uh, just a, not quite two minutes left. Uh, what would you want the people who are listening here today to just really take with them? And I know we've talked about a lot. and You could just even come back to any of those things. But... What, what is it that we, and I think we're together on this, what would we want them to know and, and, and hear uh, on this Easter Sunday? Yeah, I'll chime one in and you give one too, <laughs> okay. okay, David? So we'll do that together. Sure. So the one I'll chime in here is understand, believe and trust this great historical factual message that Jesus Christ is, is risen from the dead. He's alive. You are not alone in this. And he is faithfully walking you through 
using you as a wonderful instrument to share that good news. He is truly alive. He's with you. You're not alone. How about yeah. you? So for me, it's, it's, uh, it's the tomb is empty. Uh, whatever else is going on, whatever challenges you face, Jesus has conquered death. He lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit and invites us to live under him in his kingdom, in his rule and reign of grace and love and mercy that is such a blessing and such a joy to be a part of. This has been a delight to be with you. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your message with us. Uh, we, are, we are delighted to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and to say once again, very boldly, Christ is risen. He is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been talking to you. Yes, thank you. We've been talking with Pastor Michael Newman. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.